Hey everyone, welcome back to Clean Beauty School. I'm your host, Mind Body Green Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. And today I actually want to start off by asking you a few questions to help you check in on yourself and your skin. Okay, so after you wash your face, what does it look and feel like? Does it appear red or ashy? Does it sting? Is it tight? What happens after you apply a moisturizer? Does it feel warm or burn even? How do you feel about trying new products in general? Do you find yourself afraid that adding anything new into your routine might cause a flare-up? Is exfoliation a total non-starter? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you might have reactive skin. Now, those with reactive or sensitive skin are often afraid of the natural category. That's because they're often created with essential oils and other botanical ingredients that can be irritating to the skin. But with modern technology, that does seem to be changing. And to understand this space better, who better to talk to than one of the original natural formulators and founders herself? In today's episode, I'm speaking to Tata Harper. Now, if you're a natural beauty fan, the name probably inspires images of green and gold-capped bottles. I've met Tata several times, and I've even been to her farm in Vermont, where they grow several of the ingredients that make it into the formulas. And today, we're actually going to be talking about a line, a brand new one called Superkind, that is perhaps my favorite she's ever released. And it all has to do with reactive skin. I cannot wait to talk about this. So without further ado, Tata, welcome. Hi, how are you? I can't wait to have this conversation. So let's let's go ahead and dive in. I'd love to hear about your journey. What what got you interested in skincare and most notably natural skincare? Totally. So I grew up in Barranquilla, Colombia. So I am a Latin woman and I grew up surrounded by a very vibrant Latin culture. Um, Barranquilla is in the Caribbean coast. And it's kind of like your dream Latin town, you know, like always warm and sunny and happy and loud year round, lots of music playing in the background. So um, so yeah, I was kind of like raised in that sort of environment. And, and also as a young girl, I was immersed in a household that many of many women that loved beauty. I am like one of 35 cousins, which are mainly women. And their common thread is always our love of beauty, starting with our my grandmother that I loved her so much. And she really infused this idea on us that beauty was not a chore, you know, that it's a fun, relaxing moment that you do to pamper yourself, that, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, and we are all kind of addicted. <laughs> my my grandmother's dedication was such that she would host spa parties in her home almost every weekend and invite like lots of friends and family. And I was there like 95% of her time, like helping her out, like smashing avocados, warming up olive oil and almond oil for the hair, making oat paste for a face mask, mixing honey and sugar, and so on. It was so fun. And it just really amplified my love for all things beauty and also the routine, right? Like this ritual that we do every day. And since I'm a young girl, I just loved it. Uh, but really, my journey into skincare was kind of like, uh, you know, like it wasn't planned. It kind of like happened. Like I never thought that I would become that I would have a beauty line, to be honest with you. And it all started when in 2004, when my stepfather was diagnosed with cancer and basically through helping him change his lifestyle and a lot of the products that he used on a daily basis, we started examining everything that I was putting on my body as well in an effort to reduce like what doctors were calling 
the toxic load, right? Like the accumulation of toxins that we just get through living and applying things and being in touch with things. So I started changing a lot of things about my life. And the last frontier was really beauty. You know, for the longest time, natural beauty was tough. You know, it it was tough for me. It, it was taught to be like really simple, really not formulated for like a serious skincare client like me, you know, growing up in that environment, I grew up being like a very serious skincare, you know, customer. And I remember like I would go find natural beauty in a lot of like food stores and like little apothecaries, you know, where you don't find like the highest quality ingredient, you know, products there, nor like the latest technologies, you know what I mean? Then when I go to department stores, they would show me products with, yeah, they had a few natural ingredients in there, right? Algaes, roses, you name it. But they were mixed with so many synthetic chemicals. It was you know, like I couldn't find like something that was pure and really effective. And, and also like products that gave me the results and the experience that I was looking for. I just knew, you know, like I can't be the only person looking for this or wanting this, right? Like results and purity, like all in one line. And when I started, I had no idea like how big, how small the company was going to be. I just really wanted to make it happen and really being part of creating a new life for natural formulas that were also high quality and potent and uh, and bring true innovation to the natural beauty space like true innovation from everything about the about our line is different and new so i mean take me from point a to point b what did that involve i know you have your farm in vermont but you know tell me more about the experience of you have this idea of you want to create an elevated natural brand to you know the tata harper that exists today Let's go from the beginning. Like Henry and I were living in Miami and we already had a farm in Vermont and we, we started just spending more and more, more time there. And I moved there full time when I started developing the formulas. Like I decided to like, I'm just going to go to my farm. I need a place where I can think and I am not distracted by a million other things. So from the start, we've been at the farm and still today we make everything in our farm in Vermont. Like they're we formulate the products, we source all of the ingredients, we batch all of our products, we ship everything from the farm, and it all happens under the roof of many red barns. And, and I feel that that's what our clients expect, that we handle and that we produce the most important part of our business, which is really our products. So also we have our lab there, a team of scientists and chemists that are in our farm and we don't typically start from a base, any product, like every single formula, it's made from scratch by our team in the farm. And and it's really all about making unique products, right? Because the, the beauty industry today relies on so much basis and then adding just one or two ingredients. It feels like private label in a way. And, you know, and I feel that that's why a lot of products just end up like feeling and looking so similar nowadays, because it's like almost the same product. Um, and we really wanted to make unique products like and, and every single one of our formulas we curate with ingredients from all over the world. Like right now we're bringing ingredients from like, I don't know, like 87 different countries. I think it was the last thing we counted. <clears throat> and we go just, you know, beyond just vitamin C and all the popular ingredients. And we get into a lot of like new green science, things like cellular energy, neuroaging, skin density, and, you know, always 
I, I'm always loving how we have like first access to the latest green technologies. And that makes my job like so much more exciting. I just want to get this definition out of the way. We know that there is no real definition of natural or clean or green. These are buzzwords that are thrown around to describe the space of beauty that we occupy. But it does come with some tricky territory just because, you know, so often people will say, well, what is natural beauty? What is clean beauty? What are these things? So I want to ask you, what does natural mean to your brand? What do you think natural should be defined as in the beauty space? How do you position that word for yourself? Yeah, so... Great question. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> we call ourselves a natural brand because we only use ingredients that come from nature. Like they all grow in the earth. And honestly, we have a zero tolerance for synthetic chemicals. So we don't use a drop of synthetic chemicals in our line. And that's how we define how we're natural. And this is a standard that we really apply for every single product that we make, not just for a few, but the whole collection is free of synthetic chemicals. We also avoid GMOs, artificial fragrances, SLS, you know, all the sulfates, mineral oil, parabens, phthalates, pegs, and so much more, right? Because we don't use anything, anything that it's synthetic. We're also cruelty-free, and every formula is either vegan or vegetarian, just because we like honey and a few things that are derived from, you know, mainly honey, honestly, uh, that we use in some of our moisturizers and our mask. And this isn't just marketing talk. Like, we really mean it. And customers shouldn't just rely on what brands say or what I say. And that's why every product in our company is certified by EcoCert. I don't know if you're familiar with EcoCert. I am, but why don't you give us a little bit more information just for any listeners who might not be? Sure. So uh, EcoCert is a European certifier of cosmetics that has been around for more than 30 years. And they basically come to our farm and audit us every three months. And by the way, they look at everything that we do. It's not just about the formula, like they really get into the manufacturing processes, to the ingredients that we use, to packaging materials, to make sure that everything is completely natural, but also as sustainable as possible. And, and honestly, it takes a lot of time and energy to be certified, right? Like to go audit every quarter of so many aspects of our business, but we do it gladly because it's something that we do for our customers. So our customers become a more informed consumer. And that's really the only way to do it with seals and third-party certifications. Yeah. I mean, that does a little bit beg the question about, you know, people using words like clean and natural who may not fully fall in this space. How, you know, how do you feel about somebody who has been doing this for, for so long? Is it, do you feel that you need to go through the extra work of getting a third party just so you can establish yourself as different? No, not really. I mean, it's something that I do, honestly, for our clients. Because nowadays, everybody's throwing out terms that are not regulated, that no one fully understands. And really, it's the only way to know that you're buying what you think that you're buying is by actually looking at the certification. So if you're vegan and you want to make sure that your products don't have any animal derived then you look for that seal, right? Like you don't imply it, you don't assume it, you look for the vegan seal, same for the vegetarian seal or cruelty-free is your thing. For us, we also like to extend it into the formulas and into the packaging. That's why EcoCert 
is just part of our DNA, let's say, <laughs> that it's just regulated that way so that clients know that it's not just Tata saying it or like the lady at the store. You can actually look at the box and learn how to read a label and then understand it for yourself. And that way you become more informed. Everyone becomes more informed. So let's talk about this new line. I want to ask you what spurred you to create a line for sensitive skin. Was there a personal reason? Was it something you were seeing in the market? Yeah. So for the longest time I've been, you know, we've been interested in the sensitive space, but I've never really gotten like super passionate about the space. And then I started talking to more and more people that are reactive now. So it's really inspired by a lot of conversations that I was having with friends, with family, even people in my team that have been experiencing reactive skin and in today's environment and, and the lifestyle that we lead that, you know, we live with so many stressors and allergens and are just making people more prone to reacting. So throughout the episode, you're going to hear us talk about common allergens quite a bit. So let's take a break and elaborate a little bit further. So unsurprisingly, the European Union has done a much better job at regulating these allergens than the United States. So in the EU, the regulatory body called the Scientific Committee for Consumer Safety regulates 26 ingredients so that they must be labeled on the ingredient list and can't hide under the guise of fragrance or perfume. This includes benzyl alcohol, which can sometimes be found in jasmine essential oil, cinnamol, which can be found in cinnamon, nutmeg, and patchouli essential oils, and citral, which can be found in lemon, orange peel, and grapefruit essential oils. There are several other ingredients to keep your eye out for, so we put a link in our show notes. And what really got me excited is that as I spoke more and more and then even visited their homes and went through, okay, let's show me your routine. Like, what do you do every day? I realized that people with reactive skin are really afraid, like almost traumatized to try anything that they consider to be too powerful. Like actually, like they like for things that to be super simple, to not have anything that they can react to. But at the same time, there's this underlying frustration, especially with the older friends, you know, like women my age, like in their 40s and 50s, like they want like to use actives, right? Like they want the brightening properties of vitamin C. They want to use hyaluronic acid. They want to use all this collagen things, but then they try products and either the main ingredient is not compatible with their skin or there are other ingredients in the formula that trigger their skin, like nuts or wheats or essential oils, because they were not formulated to be for reactive skin. So what happens is that you end up with this very simple routines that are not very inspiring, that also tend to be quite synthetic, a lot from the drugstore. And we wanted to prove that skincare for reactive skin doesn't have to be boring like that. Like, I believe that if you have reactive skin, you shouldn't have to settle for just calming ingredients. You know what I mean? Like, why is it about the calming? You buy ingredients, you buy skincare because you want the results on the skin. Like, that's the whole purpose. So, yeah. So the key was just really finding the right ingredients for the formulas and just really be very mindful of the needs of reactive skin. And we're launching the, the collection in phases. So this first step is really about what we're calling the most essential steps, like your cleanser, moisturizer, mask. Um, I think in the fall, we're going to be launching the serum and the eye cream. 
so that you have like a pretty routine to cover all your bases. Sure. You know, I love what you bring up about people still want results, even if they have sensitive skin or reactive skin, just because you have sensitive skin doesn't mean you have concerns like dullness, fine lines, any number of things that we have, but we've always felt that we can't address that. Yeah. (laughs) I think that, you know, it's that solving this problem was the main challenge, right? It was at the heart of why we started the collection and and it was really hard. I don't, I can't, I, I'm not going to lie. The engineering super kind was so much harder than I had anticipated. I mean, what we do is already difficult and we take on, like you said, a lot of things that even people don't even think that we should be taking on, like certifications and things like that, even though we happily do it. But like really super kind was really about not only taking into account like all of our really strict formulation requirements, but now also being completely hypoallergenic. And and that and that was a big that was that was a big endeavor. And and also we wanted to be super comprehensive. So it wasn't just about removing like one or two things. Right. Like, okay, let's make this nut free or wheat free or, you know, or fragrance free. Like we wanted to be super comprehensive to really minimize the chances of people being in touch with any potential stressor. So altogether, we excluded more than 85 of the common skin triggers. So the line is gluten free, nut free, soy free, fragrance free. There's no harsh acids, even beta hydroxy didn't make it to the list, for example, because of its molecular structure. We also made sure that none of like the 79 ingredients that are commonly monitored by dermatologists included in their NAC list were included. And also we made the line essential oil free. That's a big deviation from you. Totally. It was so hard making products that are uh, essential oil free, but but I also realized that this was an opportunity to be more inclusive. And there are a number of people that can't tolerate essential oils or that just don't want their products scented. I know from speaking to people who create lines for sensitive skin that it's deceptively challenging to create something for for sensitive skin. We tend to think that formulas that are that are robust and they're they're fighting wrinkles, they're fighting acne, or they're fighting XYZ, those must be the formulas that are the most challenging. But formulating something for sensitive skin is equally challenging, if not more. What sort of challenges did you find in the natural space? Just the research alone on reactive skin took one year. And then Superkind took an additional two years of formulation. Uh, Definitely the biggest challenge was finding alternatives to the natural ingredients we love, like fruit enzymes, acids, a lot of like anti-aging technology Sometimes it features soy or wheat derivatives or things like that, that we wanted to avoid. Also, a lot of our emulsifiers and a lot of like our toolbox of like in our deep know-how of like how to put formulas together revolve around some of these ingredients. So it was about, it was a lot of research and trying new things, kind of like going really wide around the world, trying to find like new green technology. And we uh, also started by researching a lot of like the common allergens and irritants that react, you know, that reactive skin can't really tolerate. And then it was all about finding new ingredients that would deliver results and that were technologies that reactive skin can tolerate. And that's why we say the line is both 
powerful and super gentle. And that's why we call the line super kind because it's, it delivers both. And it was really exciting to also take a deep dive into the science of reactive skin and just discover like new materials. Like we learned so much about like new brand new green technologies. Like we ended up uncovering a total of 36 new ingredients from 13 different countries that are all part of the collection. And it was really all about elevating the results and the, the expectations exponentially and, substan- and a substantial improvement to the category, right? And that it's not just about marginally improving the sensitive category, but to exponentially improve it because people buy skincare because they want results. I'm excited to hear more about these innovations and ingredients, and we're going to get to that soon. But first, I... I want to lay a little bit of groundwork. You know, I know you're not a derm, but I do know that you care about skin. And obviously you guys do a lot of research as you have elaborated, but what what is sensitive skin or who is the person that you had in mind when you were thinking of reactive skin? So we decided to say that the line is for reactive skin because we wanted the products to work both for sensitive and sensitized skin. Like sensitive skin is a skin type. It's something that you're born with. While sensitized skin is a skin condition. It develops over time and it's triggered by stressors, by allergens in your environment, based on your lifestyle. And they're both reactive and they have a weakened skin barrier. So one of the first things that we did early on was to, for in the formulation process, was to really do a very extensive research around barrier And uh, what is the barrier? How do you care for the barrier? Because both reactive and, you know, like both type of reactive skin, sensitive and sensitized, both have a weakened skin barrier. So, and sometimes we think at that last layer of the skin as dead, just because it have dead skin cells, but it's actually like alive and it's a breathing and uh, living ecosystem made up of different layers And when the barrier is weak, your skin is essentially defenseless. So the protection system of the skin is damaged. So it can't stop a lot of the stressors like free radicals and pollution getting into the skin. And it really leads to a total breakdown of skin function. And that's why both sensitive and sensitized are reactive and experience the same symptoms like inflammation, itchiness, redness, dryness, tightness. All of that is part of having reactive skin. And of course, people who don't enjoy the experience of scent, for example, as much as I do, or women that are pregnant and they want to be extra careful with the essential oils uh, that they're putting in, or for example, for post-procedure skin, like if you get a laser that I get once in a while, like this is a great line to take you through that phase where your skin is more vulnerable. I really enjoy this point that you're bringing up about how you can create skin that is more reactive. I think it's something that we are seeing so much today. Anecdotally, I know that it has happened to many people in my life. It's certainly something that a lot of our audience has brought up time and again. Where is this coming from? What are the major culprits, You know, the, the people that you're talking to and your audience, what are they saying? Well, I think that it's two main things. One is that we are surrounded in today's way of living. We're really surrounded by stressors that are constantly attacking the skin and the skin barrier, particularly. Um, 
And they're, for the most part, unavoidable, right? Like UV, pollution, free radicals, pollen. So you can do the best that you can there. But then on top of that, there are habits that we have, lifestyle habits. And sometimes they incorporate irritants and that can add to the problem. And those are more avoidable and adjustable, let's say, like deciding not to use sulfates, deciding not to use uh, BHAs or to be over exfoliating the skin or using stripping cleansers. And all of that adds to the equation. And then on top of that, there's lifestyle factors like internal stress, diet, sleep, like that also triggers um, a lot of reactions. And I think that also diet, it's an important part of this, like a lot of the allergies and sensitivities to food can really affect the skin as well. I think that now during quarantine, I think that a lot of people have been overdoing it with their beauty products, like using really aggressive pharmaceutical grade this, pharmaceutical grade that, because they can't get to their derm. Or I think that over exfoliation is definitely a thing. I hope that more people would talk about like over moisturizing, then we wouldn't be having this problem, right? And you can get glowing skin with a lot of moisturization. And, you know, like all of these factors just add to the equation. I also believe that in this new way of us consuming beauty, where a lot of us have like a beauty routine that it's composed of like hero products of like 30 different lines, right? Like who's really telling us that we're able to layer all those things together. And then on top of that, add a micro needle and <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that it's really important just to, to be cognizant of those things. Both environmental and lifestyles are wrecking havoc on the barrier in greater ways than ever before. And it's a great time to get back to a straightforward routine with really multitasking, multi-benefit products that you can rely on so that you don't have to layer so much. So what we're talking about here is actually really important. So I do want to take a step back and put it into context. According to market research, the average woman leaves her home having put on at least 16 facial care or cosmetic products. She also spends at least 200 dollars to $300,000 in a lifetime. That's about $250 per month on skincare and cosmetic products. It's a lot of beauty. And you kind of go into a skincare diet, but with fewer products, but that do more for you. Whenever somebody brings up an idea of having, you know, a, a routine of 30 hero products. I always think back to the fact that we've, we've stopped paying attention to our skin in the moment and what it needs then. And that day, we just keep on saying, no, this is my routine. I'm going to wake up and I am going to do, you know, these, these three serums. And some people do like that control, but I do think that we need to get back to a place where we listen to our skin and we understand that your skin changes and sometimes you need to adjust with it. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I think that it's important just to see how your skin looks, right? Because I, sometimes we get caught up in the hype of like, I'm using this, I'm using that. Have you tried this? We want to try absolutely everything, but then the skin doesn't look that great. So you know, the point of skincare is to make your skin look great. So if you have, you're using 20 products and you're layering things in and you're still not getting there, there's obviously something wrong. And I think that you're right. Like sometimes we just stop, stop to see what's happening. Is my skin getting better? Is my skin getting healthier? Like, do I feel that my skin is getting stronger and more resilient? Like, am I doing the right things? And 
And I think that that is a, a very important thing to do nowadays where we're tempted to try so many things. You know, I when I talk to a lot of people about treating sensitive skin and the natural space, one misconception I run into a lot is that you simply can't. And some people just really think that you need to lean on synthetics or, you know, that that natural is inherently going to be not something that somebody with sensitive skin can lean on. You know, what sort of misconceptions do you see? How, how do you how do you combat those misconceptions? How do you view those misconceptions? Yeah. I think that, yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions and uh, a lot of concerns, I think, that are the same for a lot of customers. Like, I remember when I started, there was this misconception that natural beauty was less effective or it can be triggering, (laughs) right? Or that, you know, if you were a serious skincare customer, you really were not interested in natural beauty. And sometimes we think that those things are true. And until someone comes up and, like, challenges that whole notion and then you realize that, There's actually a whole group of people wanting the products. And then the other one is that we think that it needs to be like really, really simple and that we've proven both of those things are wrong, that there's actually a lot of demand for natural beauty products, that uh, people are very interested in them and that natural beauty can be extremely powerful uh, and they can be great for the skin without the same concerns that some synthetic ingredients contain, that they are controversial. In, in many ways. And for reactive skin, especially about the curation of the ingredients. It's about using the right actives that work with your skin and not against it. And we really wanted to give our new reactive clients like the peace of mind, given the hesitation to try new skincare products altogether, uh, that this is safe to use. And that's why we wanted to make sure that every formula was hypoallergenic. And this line went under such rigor, rigorous derm testing. And uh, not that our other formulas are not derm tested, obviously, like our whole line is derm tested too. But the difference is that with this test is that it was a much larger group of people. And also most of them were identified as having sensitive skin. So it was very, very rigorous and big, big groups. The other thing also with Superkind that it's really exciting is that we partner with SkinSafe. I don't know if you're familiar with SkinSafe. SkinSafe requires every product pass a very rigorous data review process that includes absence of most common allergens, the skin patch testing, purity of ingredient assessment, just to name a few. And this clinical testing confirms that the formulas are made to limit potential skin sensitivities and also exclude potential irritating ingredients. I think one big part of this conversation that we are all beginning to understand is just how important the skin barrier is and the skin barrier function is. It's something that we talk about a lot. It's definitely something that is a part of the beauty conversation now. Totally. And the skin barrier is a very important part of the puzzle. It's not the end-all be-all of reactive skin, but it's definitely a very important part of the puzzle. Hey everyone, we're about to do an overview here of the skin barrier function, but if you want a more in-depth conversation about it, be sure to check out our last episode in which we go about it in detail with board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bow. And sometimes, you know, when you speak to people about the barrier, they really think and they have this idea on their head that it's just like dead skin cells. When it's not, it's really like a living and breathing ecosystem And we started to think of it as a system that works together to keep 
good things in like lipids and moisture and really keep all the bad things out like free radicals, bacteria, pollution. You need to carefully care for all of those layers of the barrier. And that's the approach we took. For example, the microbiome, that it's like your skin's immune defense system made up of billions of microorganisms and a lot of like good and bad bacteria. And it's your skin's first line of defense against aggressors. Your microbiome needs to be properly balanced in order to defend against bad bacteria that causes reactions and flare-ups. Like, for example, in the radiance mask, we used like a new smart prebiotic technology that comes from sugar, that it's smart in the way that it feeds all the good bacteria, but then it starves like a bad bacteria that it's present typically in reactive skin. And, and, they are, and it's all about really rebalancing the microbiome by stimulating good bacteria, but then inhibiting a lot of like the bad things to happen to the skin and bad bacteria to grow. The second is your acid mantle. And it's called the acid mantle because the skin's ideal pH, it's slightly acidic. And it's like an invisible shield. So things like strong exfoliants, stripping cleansers, disrupt the pH level of the skin. So it's all about finding ingredients that don't strip the acid mantle, but support it. So for example, we use ingredients to constructively cleanse the skin. And what does that mean, constructively cleanse? I like that. It's really all about cleansing, but without detergent, but using a lot of clays, a lot of enzymes, a lot of acids, a lot of like antibacterial extracts, antifungal extracts, things like that simultaneously cleanse and comfort so that the pH and the moisture balance are maintained. Or like, let's say in the radiance mask, we use a delicate refining technology because to exfoliate reactive skin is really tricky. It's not just about adding any acid. So we really ended up uh, with so many acids available, right, in our lab and just to us in general, we ended up going with a special self-neutralizing AHA blend that actually stops working after 20 to 30 minutes. So really, it prevents over-exfoliation and, uh, and also a lot of like the phytic and lactic acid. It's a molecule that really stays in the surface and just really works at the surface level. Um, they're also humectants, so it's all about like also restoring glow without disrupting the acid mantle. And then the third layer, uh, it's the lipid layer, that it's made up of your skin's natural fats, right? So think of like fatty acids, ceramides, triglycerides. It's really important to the overall health of the skin to have a really healthy lipid barrier. It's like the glue that keeps everything together and that helps the skin self-repair. And we curated a couple different complexes that are in the collection, but there's one in particular that I love that it's our counter stress complex, that it's made up of five herbs and flowers that we grow in our organic uh, farm in Vermont, that they're all about really soothing hyperactive skin with a lot, with feeding the skin a lot of strengthening minerals. So here Tata's talking about minerals for skin. We tend to talk about minerals mainly in our diet and supplements far more than we talk about them in our skin care, but they actually have several important functions. Notably, minerals play a protective role in our skin. They can help deal with photo damage, they protect skin from oxidative stress, and they can help in various biochemical pathways. We made sure that a lot of the plants had a lot of like zinc 
and iron and magnesium and copper and really high levels of, of all those minerals really to rebuild and fortify damaged stress skin. Um, also, even like a lot of the free radical protection, a lot of times, a lot of it happens in the barrier, you know, like fighting free radicals with antioxidants. So it's uh, it's really important just to kind of like keep all those things in balance. It's not about just one thing, but about a lot of things that need to be balanced at the same time. Sure. One thing that you brought up earlier that I want to swing back to just because I want to get more detail about um, how exactly to do this, this idea of wanting to achieve a certain end, whether it's brightening, whether it's healthy aging, whether it's skin texture, but doing those things within the context of knowing that you have reactive skin, what's the balance here? How does someone go about looking for those results? while still keeping their skin calm. I think that it's very important that you use products that have a dermatological seal, that you know that they're actually great for your skin type because it's really hard for clients to go about like looking at ink, you know, like the ingredient listing of products and figuring out all of the names of the actives that are actually great for them. Like it's like every day we discover new ingredients, even us, right. That have been developed. So I don't think that that's really uh, realistic for people to be like in the lookout for specific things, because especially a lot of the new technologies are not necessarily like mainstream ingredients that everybody know about. We spend so much time trying to solve for that problem. And the reality is that the technology is out there. We discovered a whole new world of ingredients that are designed to deliver powerful anti-aging results while also keeping the skin calm. Like, for example, we were able to find mulberry leaf complex, which is an Asian ingredient that I love, that it's really multifunctional. And that I love because it has like a retinal effect on the skin that it works to firms like the skin structure and also brighten it. And what makes it work for reactive skin is that it combines like that retinal effect, but with phytosterol technology that strengthens and replenishes the skin barrier. So you get real results without triggering any reactivity. So when you say making ingredients and actives friendly for sensitive skin, is that, you know, obviously one part of that is finding actives that, that can fit that mold. But I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, is a part of it, it's also like the level at which you formulate it? Is there, you know, things that happen within the lab that can like make ingredients more sensitive skin friendly? How does that work? It's really about the curation of the ingredients and then the selection of the ingredients. Like, for example, sometimes we use an ingredient, but then we only use the ester part of the ingredient. Let's say like a particular molecule or composition of that ingredient. And it's really about spending time and finding the right ones because there's a lot of active ingredients that are not necessarily triggering. What typically is triggering is a lot of the additional ingredients that are in formulas, like your emulsifiers, like your preservatives, your thickeners, your stabilizers. And, you know, we now have a toolbox of those things, right, that we have developed a know-how for many, many years of developing formulas. But a lot of that, what was in that toolbox, we couldn't use for Superkind because they either were derived from soy or they were wheat derivatives or, you know, or they were oils derived from nuts that we wanted to avoid. So it was really about just taking a really meticulous approach about what are we adding in 
And does any of this correlate with the triggering information that we've learned? And if not, let's add it and let's see what happens. Sure. So, you know, one thing that I think is fascinating is is a class of ingredients that these ingredients, they grow in conditions that are extreme environments, whether it's algae that lives at certain parts of the sea, whether it's plants that thrive in the desert, whether it's organisms that grow in the Arctic. I I know that you're passionate about these types of ingredients too. And I I want to hear more from you about these because I think that this is a class of ingredients that is so fascinating because basically we we look for nature at its, you know, most resilient and we tap into it. Totally. I am personally obsessed with the extremophiles. The technology is actually called extremophile endurance technology. And as you said, it's really like plants that have adapted over time in nature to withstand all these extreme conditions. And through such stress that they've gone through, they basically each one develops like a superpower. And because of that superpower that they have is why we added them in the collection, because they really help support the skin through modern environment. And we really went big with this technology in the collection. For example, we bring from France this microalgae peptides that are one of my favorite ingredients that we've been able to curate for the line. Like this peptides actually create like an allergen microfilter that shields the skin against stressors against pollen and it also stops the skin from overreacting so imagine like how amazing that is that you're putting something that is protecting you um another one that we also love this one actually comes from the chihuahua desert in mexico and it's a type of resurrection plant you know like when plants look dead and then it rains and they're in full bloom um that is a type of extremophile too and basically it can withstand like total desiccation for months and then fully recover the second it's exposed to exposed to moisture again. And the extract we use takes the, the plants like adaptive, like moisture retention system and all those fluid dynamics that it works with, which helps repair uh, and improve the density of the skin. And they're also like super hydrators for the skin. Um, also there's another one that I love uh, that we bring from Japan. And this one was actually an ingredient that was specifically developed to treat signs of atopic dermatitis. And it's called roots of mondo grass. Basically this root has like tubers in its root that are moisture reservoirs and help the plant survive winter and droughts. And this ingredient obviously hydrates, but also rebalances the microbiome and also reactivate the skin immune response. So it's really amazing, like everything that it's out there. Once we start discovering all the things that are out there for us to use, and these are just some examples of them. But yeah, the extremophiles are powerful. Obviously, in this conversation, we've talked so much about sensitive skin, but you know, what about normal skin? I, I don't even like using the word normal, but you know, people's standard skin can benefit from taking a step back and just, you know, using products that are designed in a way that you're calming the skin and, you know, fortifying that barrier, as we talked about. How, how do people with quote unquote normal skin, how do they fall into this picture? I think that if you're using the right products, like why do you need to go and change them, right? I think that it's one of those things that we were talking earlier, that it's this constant temptation to try something new. Like if if it's not broken, like what are you, you know, and it's actually thriving and it's looking amazing, like why are you going to go and change things around? I mean, this new collection 
is really for reactive skin. Superkind is a very different experience. It's fragrance-free, and it might be too different for our current clients. But at the same time, I think that Superkind is also like amazing if it's some like a for a specific phase that you, in life that you're going through. Like let's say that you're pregnant and you want to avoid essential oils. Our, our way of being more inclusive and bring a new skin type into our world of natural luxury skincare and most importantly to make sure that they can finally get the results that other skin types are getting with our products now. Anyone who knows you knows that you have beautiful skin. What do you do? And, you know, obviously I am talking products here, but I also want to know what you do internally. You know, what what sort of diets do you follow? What sort of lifestyle choices do you make? What are you mindful of? What goes into your wellness routine? I am actually like really mindful of all of my lifestyle choices, not just for my skin, but just for my overall health and and very much into the science of longevity and your health span and all that kind of like new conversations. But just in general, like healthy glowing skin, you know, first and foremost, it's about much more than just skincare products. Like you can have a wonderful routine, but if you don't sleep well, if you don't eat properly, if you don't manage stress, if you don't keep active, it really doesn't matter what skincare you use, you know? So it's really like a skincare is a part of the puzzle, but there's definitely a lot of lifestyle choices that influence just how you're aging overall. I think that having a consistent routine that involves many aspects of your skin is critical, right? Like I have, I, I, I don't know, I layer like six products every single day, six, seven products. Like I cleanse, like I exfoliate in the morning. I love doing an essence because it helps everything penetrate deeper. Then after the essence, I love adding our two most important anti-aging products, which is a serum and an eye cream, which I'm using Elixir Vitae and restorative eye cream. Then after that, you need to moisturize. So I love using a reparative moisturizer in the morning and creme riche at night. Uh, but aside from that, I, in terms of diet, I honestly eat everything. I'm not, you know, it's stationed like in a camp of like a particular diet, but I try to eat organic. And I'm currently going through like this fruit phase, you know, like eating like tons and tons of fruit all day and just having like a lot of color in my food just because, you know, I've always loved this idea of eating the rainbow. Also, supplements are important, like magnesium specifically that helps with daily stress. I love a lot of taking different probiotics for your gut health. And I'm right now, I mean, this uh, I'm loving like this drink, like this tea that it's called Butterfly PT. Have you tried it? Oh, tell us more. So good. It helps with anxiety. It clears the mind. It helps your nervous system. I actually discovered it in the Hamptons. I was in this beautiful Japanese spa called the Shusugi Van House. And they serve you this tea all the time. And we all noticed that we were so chill, you know, like our anxiety was down. And then I just started drinking it every day. And I make like a big, like I make like a gallon of this tea. And then that's how I have it, like, like my water, basically. What's in the tea? The tea, it's it's basically a flower that it's called butterfly PT and it's blue. Like when you make the tea, it actually turns blue. But if you, let's say you want to have fun with the tea and you put a little bit of lemon, it actually changes the pH of the tea and it turns kind of like bright pink. It's actually like really fun. 
Okay, so I had actually never heard of this butterfly PT and it sounded incredibly intriguing and she's right. The mesmerizing blue color is astounding. Go ahead and Google it for yourself after this episode. You're gonna wanna try it immediately. The tea is made from this plant that is actually native to Southeast Asian countries and it has long been used as a medicinal herb, particularly in Ayurvedic traditions. Research shows that it does have mood boosting effects such as stress relief, as she mentioned, but it also is pretty high in antioxidants and so it's thought to have some skincare benefits as well. Also, I've been doing a lot of infrared sauna. Like I bought like two years ago, this infrared sauna on Amazon out of all places for my house. And actually I've been using it so much. I, I, I go in there, I try to go almost for 30 to 40 minutes every day. And I do a lot of emails from there or I have calls from there and my skin looks so much better and I feel better. And I'm also getting like much better sleep. Um, also my sleep is non-negotiable. Like I like to sleep like eight hours, no matter what's happening. So I try to go to bed early and they actually recommend that you go to bed before 10 PM, like before all the circadian rhythm and all the different processes in your body starts rebalancing again. And I'm really into the intermittent fasting. I am also into this as well. So I want to know how you got started and how did, how do you practice it? I got started just, I think I actually like in your podcast, like I was listening to someone speak about intermittent fasting and then I just been, I just been reading and kind of like getting deep into it, especially last year. That's when I started, I kind of got hooked into intermittent fasting last year and this idea of your body kind of like activating your body's ability to detoxify itself and detoxify the cells. And that's what the part that got me like the most interested. So I'm, I'm right now at the 16 hour fasting. So I typically have dinner around six and then I have breakfast around 10, 10 30, which is manageable for me. I like meditating. I unfortunately don't meditate every single day, but I at least meditate like, let's say three, four times a week. Um, and I've been using also a lot of humidifiers throughout the house. It's been so dry. And I think that that has just helped overall the skin. So those are some of the things that I'm kind of like into right now. You live a very mind, body, green lifestyle, which comes at no surprise. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me and uh, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. Hey guys, just popping back in here to say thanks for joining us this week at Clean Beauty School. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you're looking for more beauty content or just wellness content in general, don't forget to check out our website, MindBodyGreen, our Instagram, at MindBodyGreen, and of course, our parent podcast, the MindBodyGreen Podcast. Thanks again. See you next week.